0: Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm taking your calls and helping you navigate your sex and relationships. Topics include things you really shouldn't tolerate after one year into a relationship. Low sex drive, here's what to do. Pain from birth control and squirting after childbirth. What's the deal? And ways to get past jealousy in an open relationship. All this and more, thanks for listening. i'm here with producer jamie hello hey jame because we're going to talk about vaginas okay you know that we try everything so you don't have to and we get a lot of things to test and recently we became obsessed with these wipes and intimate wash called Diodoc. Diodoc is run by two sisters from sweden who are some of the coolest sweetest women you'll ever meet Feminine hygiene is a real thing. And to be honest, there's not that many good products out there for us. And it matters what you put in those areas. There's no way I'm putting chemicals on my lady parts.
1: A lot of people don't know this, but you're not supposed to use regular soap down there because it's going to mess with like your natural pH balance, which can cause like odor or rash or something you don't want to happen (laughs) to happen. So I like that Deodox products match your natural balance. So like you don't really have anything to worry about.
0: Right. And we've both been using them and I love the wash. I actually got in the shower this morning, Jamie, and I was excited. I'm like, time for my DioDog wash because it smells so good. I use the jasmine pear and the wipes. I literally cannot leave home without them. Now I'm kind of obsessed. I have them in my like makeup bag. I have them in my car. And the truth is, you guys, we're not fresh all the time. And these give you peace of mind, especially if you want to see your partner. It's been a long day and you've got no time to go home and shower. They're great for pre-sex. They're great for post-sex.
1: Even if you're not gonna have sex, like if it was just hot out and you were in a sundress and you're like sweating a little bit, you know, and you're just like, I probably could use a little refresher right now. Right.
0: So we cannot wait for you guys to try DioDoc and meet the sisters. We're hoping they call into the show soon, right, James? Yes. So try Dodoc for yourself. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash deodoc. That's sexwithemily.com slash D E O D O C Today. Look
2: into his eyes
0: You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. Check out our website. And also, you guys, we love when you comment and subscribe on iTunes. So helpful for the show. And check out our podcast on Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, really all over the place. However you listen to podcasts, you can find our podcast there. Also, it's been great seeing everybody on all of our social media at Text with Emily on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those fun places. Okay, you guys, this is a call show. I love taking your calls. It's really fun, you guys. So I hope you join me. Um, call with your questions. We can get to the bottom of everything right away, which is fun. So first, here's some sex in the news. Things you shouldn't tolerate after one year into the relationship. Okay, guys. What I thought about this was I thought it was a great reminder of If you're in a relationship, these are really important things to consider because I'm looking at this going, I've been in relationships for two years, three years, a longer time, and these are some of our issues. So even if you're in a longer relationship, make sure that you've got most of these, if not all of these, under control. The first thing, you guys, is conflict avoidance. Now, I get it when you're in the honeymoon stage and you're starting out in a relationship. This is where we don't really address our challenges and our problems head on. We still live in that kind of la-la land, like, you know, putting on our best behavior and being the best version of ourselves. We kind of brush everything, you know, under the rug. We might be ignoring situations that come up. But if you're with someone for a year or longer, we have to start looking at conflicts and learning how to address them and discuss them. So what I'm telling you is just like communicating about sex, when you start to address conflicts, whatever they are, First of all, it gets easier, but also these things won't fester because if you're not dealing with them now, they don't go away. Remember, whatever you resist persists. So make sure that you are dealing with conflicts. Red flags, you guys. There's different kinds of red flags, okay? Well, actually, there's problems you have in the relationship, things that bug you, and then there's red flags. Red flags are essentially deal breakers, And things that bug you, like if they're messy, then you'll just know that they're probably going to be messy. And if you can deal with, you know, always being the one to put the dishes away and maybe they're bringing in the trash can, you're fine. You can kind of deal with that. But... If, you know, they're a really toxic person or there's like behavioral stuff, like they're drinking a lot or they're not taking their job seriously or they're just abusive towards you emotionally, obviously, or physically. These are things that do not change unless somebody, number one, recognizes they have a problem and then they get help. So it doesn't magically disappear. So if look at your relationship and say, is this a red flag? or uh, I can deal with it. You know, I remember I was dating someone when I was younger. And I said to my mom, I don't like his This sounds really silly. But I was like 24. I was like, Mom, I don't like the shorts he's wearing. I was in San Francisco and no one wears shorts. And it was just a silly thing. And I'm like, he wears these weird shorts. And she's like, Emily, you can always take someone shopping and buy them new clothes or whatever. But he's a lovely person. And he really was. So think about if you're thinking about something silly or something that is real. Okay, you guys inability to compromise. I'm not a huge fan of compromise. I got to be honest. But this is something I've also learned in relationships. I'm very independent. I like doing my own thing, but if you feel like you're always the one bending over backwards, you're always, you know, the one who's, you know, changing your schedule around or driving your partner places or deciding to do what they want to do, go out with their friends, go to the movies they want to see, you know, when are you going to get yours? So think about it, like talk to your partner about it. It is is about compromise. That's how you're going to get along. It's not always you being the one. Because remember, you get being the martyr, essentially, because if you're the one who's always doing things for your partner and you're not getting your needs met, there's probably some resentments going on. So if they're not compromising with you, find out why and um, see if you can deal with it because if not, time to move on. Lack of commitment. Here's another one, you guys. You can tell if your partner is keeping you at arm's length. Even after a year, it could be a sign that you don't want the same things. Like if you're like, I'm thinking ahead to the holidays. I want you to come home with my family. You know, I want you to take to my cousin's wedding this summer. And they've literally never said anything but like, let's watch a movie tonight at your house. Um, that would be another sign for you that you might not be on the same page and um, they might not be looking at the commitment the same way. But um, this is a great one because this is actually more black and white. Like either they are including you in long-term plans and commitments and thinking about your future or they're not. So think about that one. If your sex life is unbalanced after a year, you know, I feel if it's unbalanced after a week, I think you should start working on it. But definitely after, you know, some time you should start working on it because they're always changing. We all know the honeymoon phase is real and that the first few months, having sex with anyone, even like a tree could be amazing. Not that having sex with a tree, but I'm looking at this door in front of me. I'm like, you could literally have sex with something and it's new and exciting and it's unknown and it's great. But if it's still a year, you know, you got to talk about sex, what you want and all your desires. So that's a big one too. Okay, here's another one. I hear this one all the time. Ex issues. If your partner is still hung up on their ex and you feel like, you know, they have this secret relationship and they're talking that they're always friends, but they're not bringing the ex into your life. And it's kind of like this secret part. And you kind of get these weird feelings about it. That's something to address because I feel like you guys have heard me talk. If you've been listening for the last 13 years. You know that my exes are a huge part of my life. Um, They're good friends of mine. Not right away though, you guys. Usually it has to take six months or a year, but they become good friends, many of them. And then I introduce them to my partner. And then after they meet him, it doesn't even, not even a thing that the person was my ex, but there's also the unhealthy ex side of it. So again, if you haven't met this person, they're talking to him, they still might be hung up on their ex and that can be a challenge. Finally, you guys, arguments about money. Money, kids, sex. These are probably the three biggest challenges in relationships. So if financially, you know, if you're mismatched, essentially, when it comes to money, that is something you have to talk about. Maybe your partner's not financially responsible. They're not managing their money. Or maybe they're overspending. Or they're being cheap. These things are shaped in our childhood too, how we handle money. And so that's a big one. And you really have to just talk about money. I know it's hard too. It's kind of like talking about sex. But you could say, you know, I've been noticing these things. Like for me, money is a big thing. What are some, you know, I save money or I have a, a retirement plan. Like, I. what are your plans for? You could just ask them and then maybe you could even inspire them because if we didn't have a good mentor around money, like my mom is a financial planner. She's been talking about it forever, right? But I, I feel like for so many of us, it's just like sex. We kind of put our nose in the sand. We're like, oh, that money thing will work out, but maybe they'll be inspired by what you have to say. So if not, there's your signs, you guys. There's a lot of them to choose from there. And um, I think if you match up on a few of them, it's probably time to take a look at your relationship and see if you should stay or you should go. Okay, guys, here's another one I liked. What to do when your sex drive is low. We talk a lot about sex drive on the show, and it's probably one of the most common questions I hear from you guys. Our sex drive is going to change over time. Just know that. Accept it. You're going to get sick sometimes. You're going to feel great sometimes. Sometimes you're going to want sex, and sometimes you're not. But I thought these were really solid steps on what to do if your sex drive is low, if you've been feeling like you're just not in the mood and... You're not feeling sex. So the first thing is find a new doctor, you guys. There's nothing wrong with looking around for a doctor, like how you date in a relationship. You date a few people at once. Like I think if you're looking for a new doctor, find a good doctor because what they should do is, um, first of all, talk to them about your sexual concerns. A lot of doctors, like your primary doctor, they might not be well versed in sex. They might not really know what to do. I mean, there's some doctors like have a glass of wine, then you'll be in the mood. You don't want a doctor who says that to you. You want a doctor who, you know, can can kind of look at some things going on in your life. So they can they can look at your hormone levels, they can check out if you have depression, anxiety. These are all things that could contribute. That we never talk about thyroid imbalances, arthritis, cancer, heart disease, um, chronic pain, kidney disease. These are things your doctor can look at. So once you get, you guys always say, I I always ask you, are you seeing a doctor? Have you talked to your doctor? That's what your doctor's going to check for. And then check your medicine cabinet, you guys. We don't realize how many medications can actually have an impact on our libido and what to do about it. Our doctors typically don't say, I need you to take this for diabetes. And oh, by the way, it can have the sexual side effect. Or another one, this is huge. People don't tell us birth control can have an impact on our sex drive. So here's some common medications that could cause a decrease in your libido. So anti-seizure or anti-anxiety medications, you guys. I know a lot of people are anxious these days. So if you've got Valium, Ativan, Clonopin, those could have an impact. Beta blockers, Lipitor, Crestor, cholesterol-lowering medications. Antidepressants. This is a big one, you guys. One in five women are on antidepressants. So things like Prozac, Paxil, and Zoloft, and even Wellbutrin, which is not an SSRI, but used for anxiety and depression, even though it's advertised for not giving you sexual side effects, it actually can still have sexual side effects. So how are you supposed to know? And finally, hormonal birth control, uh, like birth control pills, rings, and the hormonal IUD. So what do you do if you're on this med? I'm not telling you to go off your meds. Do not go off your meds without talking to your doctor, but here's a cool thing. They can change the dosage. They can change what time you're taking it. They can add other medications. They can try similar classes of medications. So talk to your doctor about it. You don't have to live with a low sex drive. So here's another great point in this, you guys, is that I know there's times where we take it for granted and we're like, oh, you know, it should just function on its own and it could work at certain points, and not others. And um, we just don't really think about it. But it does need your support in order for it to work for you. So ask yourself these questions. I really like these questions because I'm always evaluating my sex life as well, along with you. How does your life as it is right now, like your lifestyle, what you're doing every day, does it actually support having a healthy sex drive? So answer these questions. Do you even have time to be intimate? Or is every single moment of your day scheduled? Do you have time or the energy to feel desire? Are you taking care of your body? Are you eating healthy foods? Are you exercising? Are you getting enough sleep? I mean, just think about those things. If you have no time and you're not eating healthy, and you're not exercising, you don't have to even see a doctor. You can just answer those honestly and think, you know what, I'm not. You can change some of those things on your own and see some impact on your sex drive. Another one is, this is big, you guys. Do you have a good environment for having sex? I've been guilty of this. Take a look at your bedroom or wherever you have sex. It matters so much how you have your bedroom set up. So if it's like cluttery and messy and you don't have the right light and you can never find the music you want to play or your vibrators aren't charged and your lubes in the kitchen and you just like, if it's messy or distracting or it's, you know, getting you out of the mood, if your bedroom doesn't put you in the mood for sex, nothing else is going to. So make sure you are not distracted. And you guys take a look at your relationship. If you guys have grown distance, if you're not seeing each other, if you've been like holding on to something that happened last summer you're not going to feel the desire. It just isn't going to happen. You could be the healthiest person in the world. You could not be on medication. You could be exercising, all these things. But if you are festering and holding on to issues, that's going to have an effect on your sex drive. Think about the sex you're having. Are you having the kind of sex you want to have? So if you're having the same kind of sex, routine sex, like many of us do, we fall in the patterns, we have missionary sex, we roll over, we go to sleep... You're not going to get so excited for that after a while. So this is where all those fun sex ideas come in, like having date night, something to look forward to, trying something new in the bedroom, one of these amazing toys or products I talk about, you guys. One thing could give you months of new inspiration. I promise you that. And also being vulnerable and finally having that conversation with your partner about like, hey, let's talk about our sex life. You guys, this is normal. Just like you talk about your investment or your 401k, let's check in and talk about our sex life what do you want, babe? What have you wanted to try? Let's try it. So these are all things, you guys, these are the whole wrapped up package of what's going on with your sex drive, your libido. And I think if you just grab one of those areas and start looking at it, you're going to start to see a change. And finally, you guys, what if we treat our relationships more like we treat our careers? Do you have those friends who say, God, you know, marriage should be like a business contract. Every five years we get to renew it and decide if we still want to be married. Like I used to hear, people always joke about that. And, and, and the more I think about these things, about how we spend so much time, like being really good at work and being a good employee and talking to our boss, and doing all these things so we can like have a really good career. What if we brought some of those principles into our relationship? So... Before you resist what I'm saying here, I get that love and work is kind of different, but there are some concepts that definitely work in a relationship. So, and it's like straightforward communicating. So, you know, building a relationship is kind of like building a business. You got to invest in it. You got to give each other attention. You got to plan for the future. You might even need a strategy. You have to check in on your values. Are you going in the same place? How are you going to grow together, right? Those are all business things. But the interesting thing is, just like sex, when we get into a relationship or when we're courting each other, we're taught to be like coy and be more measured about what we really want. Don't be direct. Don't be assertive. You know, kind of like we are in the workplace. In love, it's a little bit different. And then dating, you guys, haven't you done this? Where you like kind of make irrational decisions that are based on emotions or a conversation you had with your friend or you interpret what your partner wants because you had a moment where you're like, oh my God, maybe maybe they're not in love with me anymore. And we do something rash. We don't do that at the office. I don't come in to like Jamie, my producer, and be like, oh my God, I had a dream about you last night. And I feel like we should repaint the office today green because that's what you were doing in the dream. We don't do things like that in the workplace. And in our relationships, I didn't really have a dream about being green. But if I did, like that would be crazy, right? So let's try to think about our relationships more logically. Because in our career, we're thinking like, how can I do better? How can I get a b- better review? How can I not burn out? How can I get what I want and also make it a healthy work environment? So why not do that in our relationships? So really, it's just it's another communication style. And it's, it's another kind of way to have the discussion. And this might, for some of you, might feel really comfortable. You're like, I got this. I'm great at business. Bring it into a brain relationship So number one, you guys, set goals and targets. Just to like careers, like in five years, you know, I want to be president of the company or I want to make this much money or I want this many followers on my, you know, Instagram. If you do milestones or relationships in your love life, that can work too. So think about it. You guys can talk about this together. How do I want to feel in this relationship? Like maybe you guys have been fighting a lot lately and you're like, it's just really tense. I feel like we're not getting along. It's okay to say in six months from now, I want to make sure that we are cooking dinner, you know, together once a week, or we're exercising together, or we're taking a vacation Maybe you want to have more fun in your relationship and more passion. I mean, talk about your goals together. Maybe you both want different things. I'm telling you, having these kind of conversations will help you realize if you're even on the same page. So when you figure out what you want, like, how are we going to get there? And then if you guys both know, well, we really want more playful fun, then you start having play dates. Another thing is you guys have regular reviews, okay? Review your relationship, just do a check-in. I mean, this can be at dinner. You know, how, like have a state of your relationship talk. You know, I used to have in my, one of my relationships, we had a truth couch and at my boyfriend's house, we'd sit on his couch like once a week or whenever we we're having a conversation, we're like, let's go to the truth couch. And we'd be like, okay, let's talk about it. And it became like fun. It was like, we're going to a different location to talk about our relationship. So this is where you can kind of check in. How are we doing? How are things feeling in our relationship? How how are we doing on our on our goals? Or just a reminder that you guys are in it together. Make time for brainstorming, you guys. It's like the workplace brainstorming, fresh ideas. I know when we brainstorm around here, we come up with the best things. Just like your relationship, which actually is a living and breathing organism. It doesn't mean just because you guys got married and you sealed that deal that your relationship. Doesn't want to grow, so find out. You guys brainstorm. Like, if you find out, like, yeah, we really need to be doing fun, and then you look at the last four nights together that you ordered in food and watched Netflix, you can look at it and go, okay, well, what could we do to still watch our television shows and make sure that we're, you know, getting out more? And actually, this reminds me of the episode we did with Lisa Billiu, Women of Impact, a few weeks ago. She talked a lot about the way she does this in her relationship, and it was really inspiring for a lot of you. So you might want to check out that. That episode, but finding the things you can do together and brainstorming new ideas that are fun for both of you. You know, where do you guys want to go? Where do you want to eat? That's fun things to set up. And then you have things to look forward to. Take vacations, no surprise, you guys. This literally comes up on every single relationship sex tip. Anything that you ever read is like vacation sex or take vacations. But here's why, you guys, I always talk about it in the sex realm. But you know, I also think it's very healthy for your relationships because you got to get out of your home you're, you know, doing things the same exact way every day. So even just a few days off of vacation throughout the year, you know, in addition to weekends, just getting away, taking a long weekend, breaking your nine to five routine will have a huge impact on your relationship. So make sure that you guys have time on your own to bond. Go all in. I've been guilty of this when dating, and I don't know if you guys can relate to this as well, when you're just both aren't fully committed to the relationship. So I think a lot of us kind of have, if we're dating, we like dip our toe in and we're like, yeah, I have one foot in and one foot out, or I'm not really sure I want to go the distance with this person. I'll just hang out until I meet someone else. You realize that not only is that a disservice to the person you're dating, but to yourself. Because when you've like one foot in, you're not... You're not really just like with work, you don't have one foot in your job. And if you do, we usually feel like it's time to get out if we can't really commit anymore. But in your relationship, if you're still like protecting your heart, you're afraid of getting hurt, which is typically why we have one foot out the door, or we're just not sure, your relationship's gonna last a lot longer in that gray zone. But once you decide, you know what, I've got nothing to lose, I'm putting both feet into this relationship, no matter what happens, you know you did it all. And this could just be a mindset, like this could just be like, you know what? I am going all into this. I'm going to like make commitments to my partner that I never thought I could make before. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to be vulnerable at something that I've never talked to my partner about. That's how you go all in. So really, guys, the thing about going going all in is really just about like changing your mindset, just like success is a mindset. It's a mindset like I'm going to be successful by doing these things. And you guys, I'm not saying that you have to go all business in your relationship, that you guys should actually have contracts and write this all out, although it is kind of fun to. See the progress you made, you know. I think you still need to be, you know, spontaneous and surprise each other and be playful and fun. But if you just have found you found yourself at this like roadblock of like our talks aren't going anywhere, I love the idea of bringing a little business into the bedroom and um, seeing where it takes you. So. I was inspired. I hope you are too. Okay, guys, we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors. I love my sponsors. Thank you for supporting them. And I love you all too. And we'll be back. I'm going to be helping you through your sex and relationship issues. We'll be right back. Okay, I say this all the time and I'm going to say it again. Hotel sex is awesome. Even if it's just a few blocks away, a different environment just makes everything that much more exciting. But one of the best things about staying at a hotel, even if you're alone, is sinking into some luxurious bedding. I love that feeling. Well, you know what else is awesome? When a company hits me up to sponsor the show and I'm already a fan. Well, that's what happened with Brooklinen. I've been a sheet snap for years. I used to skimp on sheets and then I realized it truly makes a difference when you sleep on quality, comfortable, soft sheets. But that's what the founders of Brooklyn and thought too. But they actually started a business. So after Vegas vacation, they looked for the bedding the hotel used, and they were shocked by the price. So this inspired them to make that luxurious feeling accessible to everyone. Today, Brooklinen is the fastest growing bedding brand in the world. In fact, they even won Good Housekeeping's Best Online Bedding Company Award. They got great colors and patterns and materials to choose from so you could design your perfect combination. I love my Brooklinen sheets. I gave some to my boyfriend. I told him I wouldn't actually sleep there unless he had these sheets. I tell all my friends about them, so I want you to try some for yourself. Especially now, my listeners can get an exclusive of offer $20 off plus free shipping when you use code sex at checkout they're so sure you'll love them that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all sheets and comforters to get $20 off and free shipping go to brooklinen.com and use code sex that's brookline com and use code sex you often ask me about new ways to connect with your partner and keep things super hot Well, I've got the solution that will add adventure to your sex life in all the right ways. The Jive from WeVibe is the perfect way to experience discreet pleasure that you can wear alone or have a partner control. It's an insertable vibe that allows you to feel pleasure wherever and whenever. And when you pair it with the WeConnect app on your phone, you can cycle through the Jive's 10 vibration patterns. Wear it on your date night or running errands. Hey, there's no rules. It's also fun to build custom vibes so you experience different sensations, or hand control over to your partner and let them surprise you, whether they're across the table or across the country. And because it's from WeVibe, you know this thing is packing the power. To get your jive, visit sexwithemily.com WeVibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com WeVibe today. Okay, guys, we are on to calls and answering your questions. If you would like a question answered on the show, text AskEmily, all one word, to 797979, or go to my website, sexwithemily.com, and click the Ask Emily tab. As always, include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Okay, this is Ashley. She's 31 from Oregon, and she's starting an open marriage. Previously, they were swingers and wants to know how to get over the fear and guilt. Hi, Ashley. You've come to the right place. Yay, perfect. Thank you. So tell me what's going on. Give me some history. Yeah. Um, so, I've, my husband was my first. So, just
3: I've always been really fascinated by you know, orgies and just group sex and just the whole idea of it. And I was always so embarrassed about it because, you know, just that stigma that we have
0: about sex and
3: one person and for the rest of your life kind of thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and how long so, have you guys been together? Yeah. Um, we've been married 12 years. Right. Okay, great. Yeah, so I started young. Yeah. So you guys have been fascinated with orgies, and you said watching porn with orgies, or you've always been kind of fascinated by it? I mean, that's my own kink. Right, Um, right. He
3: just likes that desire. He wants to feel desired by other people. He's, you know, very satisfied with our relationship, but I think just that feeling of being wanted, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, I do enjoy a a penis, so, you know. who doesn't? Uh, uh, it's right. after 12 years of marriage. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like I'm just so much in my head. Yeah. And I don't know how to get out of there and just like that, those fears because he okay. reassures me all the time. It's just that's what holds me back so much.
0: Did you say you were swingers before? Did I have that right? Yeah, we we've done lots of couples couples oh, okay.
3: before, but that's together. So, you I know, see, it's I see. Easier,
0: you know? Okay, yeah. So this is more about like how do you open it? So you guys, I'm sure, have talked about like is it more like you are you? guys are going to be sleepovers? Is it some? Is can it be someone that you know or that you don't know? Or how? Like, do you have a lot of the rules in place and the boundaries?
3: Yeah, we've been talking lots about our boundaries, kind of when to do it because we do have kids, so trying to figure out timing and when it's appropriate time to do it when it's you know what what's going to be a trigger for us you know so we've had lots of conversations and he did have one person already um, when he was out of town for work and it it was kind of hard for me just because I'm not there and um, we and that's when I kind of figured out my communication style from that point on so it, it, it seems to be just kind of Okay. Walking yeah, well that's how out. you
0: learn. I mean, it sounds I mean, because communication is the most important thing. So as long, you know, as much as I tell couples, okay, like, hey, you're gonna open it up, you have to have all these rules and all these boundaries, like that's really just to get you going. But every you're gonna learn by doing. Like, there's no way that you can know how you're gonna feel, right? Like you don't know, right. like and you might have a great experience and he might get jealous and he might worry about, it. but but it's not that people in open relationships who and I know a lot of people in healthy open relationships and open marriages. It's not that you don't experience jealousy and it's not that you don't get sad or fearful or anxious about it. It's that you learn how to communicate about it. So you take away the charge. You practice such a rigorous honesty and vulnerability that it just becomes easier over time because you guys do trust each other and you are open. So it sounds like you have that in place and that you're able to communicate with him. So I kind of feel like you know it's great that you're being honest with him about this and and i think again that is one of the things you, you could be worrying that he could run off with someone but it sounds like you guys are really in love and you've actually already practiced with swinging i mean cuz that could have essentially happened with swinging right he could have liked having sex with someone's wife and or you know like so you've already done that like a lot of people are like i can't even imagine my husband having sex with someone so the fact that you've done that is kind of a first step I don't know how to tell you how to get out of your own head, but I think the more that you guys experience things, it sounds like it's your term right now, and then you go back and talk about it, that's how you guys are going to hone the right way to keep moving forward.
3: Perfect. Yeah. That yeah.
0: sounds more reassuring. Yeah, definitely. But I think that you guys seem like you know, 12 years together, you have kids, like it seems like you guys are good candidates. I would tell you if you weren't. So you're going to have the fear, and I'm just telling you that couples that I've talked to about this are like, yeah, it was harder in the beginning and it gets easier over time.
3: Yeah, like, the words just don't seem to matter to me as much. I think, like, noticing that he actually still stays the same. Exactly.
0: He comes home. Right. And you let him know what he needs and aftercare. Maybe you'll find out, like, I don't want you sleeping with anyone. I don't want you sleeping over. Like, you'll come to figure it out. But... Yeah, when you see him again and everything's great, maybe it's even hotter because you guys during sex tell each other about your, you know, sexual exploits. Like for a lot of couples, that's so hot. So you might find that like it, you know, feeds upon itself in a really healthy way, which I think it sounds like you guys are going in that direction. Great. Well,
3: I appreciate it. Yeah,
0: you have my approval. <laughs> yeah,
3: just, thank you. That's okay. the most important.
0: Okay, good. Okay, Ashley, just keep talking and being vulnerable and asking great, for what I you will. need. Okay, Ashley, thanks. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye. You too. Thanks. I know you guys. You might be sitting there going, "Oh my God, I could never do an open relationship. It's probably not for you for a lot of couples, it is not for them. But I'm telling you couples who are on solid ground, you've been together for a while and you've talked about it. You've explored it. You've walked through the scenario and you've thought, like, how would you feel if I came home and I was with someone else? Like you really get to like you talk about it. You decide who's off limits. Like maybe it's someone you know, never anyone from work, you know, which I don't think that's ever a good idea. Anyway, but you have boundaries. You have good communication already. Then I think it's okay to move into open relationship territory. Not for everybody, but for the people that it works for, they practice a rigorous honesty that can really work. Next call is Tara, twenty-seven from Idaho, and she scores after childbirth, but not always with an orgasm, and wants to know why. Hey, Tara.
3: Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm so
0: good. How are you?
3: I'm so freaking excited right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. Let's talk about squirting. Everyone's favorite topic.
3: So I have always kind of been fascinated with it, but I wasn't always able to. Okay. Like I had tried and tried and was never able to. And then after I had my son, all of a sudden that wasn't even trying and it happened. Okay. But it kind of took me off guard because... I wasn't orgasming when it happened and I was just like, Oh my god, what is happening? This is so crazy And my husband was like pumped, like fist pumping in the air, like so proud of himself. Yeah and but then I have like since been able to do it in certain positions, like almost on command. Oh great. But it's not always with an orgasm. Like sometimes it is. Right. And sometimes it's not and then sometimes I feel like it's getting like Like, I feel this really big buildup. And then I will push him out before I get that, like, really big release. And so I just was wondering if that was common.
0: Totally common. In fact, squirting can happen... It, without orgasm all the time it's really common like that women have squirt without orgasm and orgasm without squirting as you know so that's that's just common it doesn't mean orgasm necessarily at all and I also get the pushing them out thing because you're pushing your your pelvic floor down You're like your keg of muscles so you just push them out that's happened to me that can totally happen if you know that's going to happen and he's cool with it like do you feel like that you're having more like does it prevent you from orgasming when you push them out
3: sometimes like I feel like it would be so much more intense if I could just Keep him there but like even when I'm not orgasming it's like a full body like almost like a spasm and so like even if he's like really holding on to me I like buck him off (laughs) I don't know a better way to put
0: it right no I totally get it but it feels good though still even if it's not orgasm the the release of the squirting okay
3: yeah I mean it does feel good like sometimes it catches me off guard and I don't even realize that I'm doing it and like it kind of excites me because I think it's kind of cool
0: it is cool yeah but
3: I don't really know that it feels a whole lot better all the time and then sometimes it it is with an orgasm and it's awesome but it's kind of just like that same sensation as like a clitoral orgasm
0: right yeah that happens now do, I mean that's that's common do you know the times that it happens what position you're in and what you're feeling when it does um happen?
3: usually it's missionary and I like if I kind of I don't usually ever prop my hips up, but like if I wrap my legs around him and then I kind of like squeeze my hips up so that that angle is right. And then it's happened in doggy style before, too.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, so now you know those positions. And when you feel like yourself pushing them out, it's okay to stop. So you could just be like, stop and just keep breathing into it so you don't before you push them out. And maybe that, that sensation will pass. And then you could let it build again. But there's nothing, I mean, have you, have you, do you do kind exercises as well? Because that can also help strengthen those muscles.
3: I mean, I haven't ever really, like the doctor kind of suggested it after I've had my kids and stuff, but. I've done it like a little bit, but not regularly. Okay. Cause
0: that can also help women just have stronger orgasms. It can help them with like squirting and ejaculation, but like there's nothing wrong here. So I feel like you're just going to have to kind of pay attention and do the positions that work for you and kind of play with it because it's still new for you. And so, yeah. you know, our bodies are always changing. There's certain times a month you could squirt more than others, you know, sometimes just orgasms, sometimes not, but that's just sex. So there's nothing wrong here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry. It sounds like you guys have a really healthy sex life. So. I think it sounds fun. Yeah, pretty just... awesome so far. <laughs> it seems really good to me. So, um, and, you know, so I would just say not to trip on it and just, you know, you you know, just to go with it and kind of talk to them about it, what you need and just kind of breathe through it now so you don't push them out. But if you do, that's not a big deal either. So doing yeah. your kegels and just breathing through it, I think could help you.
3: Awesome. Will do. And I just wanted to tell you that I appreciate everything you're doing. You seriously have like changed my life my friends make fun of me with how much i talk about this podcast
0: <laughs> oh i love that thank you so much for telling your friends about it i appreciate it and i really do love hearing it that's why that's why i exist that's why i do what i do so yeah, thank we're you all,
3: we're all listening to it in my office there's a few of us oh and my so god we're kind of snickering and laughing i <laughs>
0: love it we'll have them all call in and and i send my love to everyone and all your friends so hang in there and i love Will thank be. you for uh, being an ambassador of the show i appreciate it mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Have Have a a great day. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Okay, guys, squirting. Is it real? Is it pee? Is it what is it? does it matter, you guys. I'm not going to talk to you, about. yeah, there's there are traces of urine in it and there's, you know, periurethral fluids for the skin glands. It's all fine. I think that women have to figure out what feels good to them, how it works. It is possible for a lot of women to learn how to squirt. It starts with G-spot um, stimulation, like using a toy. Um, like the Rave is a great one, on your fingers or your partner's penis. But I, I love that she called in because really just check in to make sure that everything's okay. And you guys, most things are okay. Okay, if you're not having pain and you're enjoying sex, it's all good. Okay, we have Lindsay. She's 26 from Washington, and she has pain during sex in certain positions ever since switching to IUD. Is it connected? Hey, Lindsay. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. I'm so glad you called in. So tell me what's going on with this IUD.
2: So... Yeah, so I got that IUD about nine months ago, and then during certain positions, it started hurting, like especially during doggy style, and at first I just assumed that I had to get adjusted to the IUD and everything, but then it's still hurting currently, and then occasionally I'll even bleed after sex, so then I went to the doctor, and they had me get a sonogram just to make sure the IUD was in place, and they said everything was fine, so then, But then I didn't go back to the doctor after they told me it was fine, so I haven't actually gotten anything checked out since. Okay. But I don't know if it's all related or...
0: Kind of sounds like it is. Have you ever had any pain with sex before, the nine months?
2: No, it wasn't until I got the IUD.
0: Okay. I would go back to... when yeah. we And when were you there? Did you go right away after the nine months? Like nine months ago or eight months ago? It was,
2: it was around five or six months that I went and got the sonogram. Okay. Because they said I would have spotted bleeding... Up to like six months, but and I've had multiple partners, and so it's it's bled after like two of them, but then one other one it didn't bleed after. So it's only it's only during certain times too, but it's always usually consistent with pain
0: during doggy Mm, style. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not fun. I mean, I I think that you might need (laughs) to go back and tell them that you're still having pain because this isn't that common. Sometimes people have the side effects at the beginning, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. They might not have trimmed it correctly. You might need to get it adjusted. I mean, I would tell them, you know, doctors are so busy these days. You go in to your gut account, just tell them like, it's really not okay. And again, like, there are some things that they might need to trim it. They might need to look at it differently. And so I think that they could also be, I mean, the fact that the bleeding, that's the part that I'm more concerned about because also there could be a learned reaction that you're tensing because you're afraid it's going to hurt and then it hurts. Because when we tense yeah. up, that's why people don't like anal. People can't orgasm because we tense. We hold our breath. So I would say yes. practice <laughs> breathing and letting go and like releasing because maybe it's and try to go slower and not as deep. So that could be one thing. But if you're bleeding, like those are two different side effects. You're having the pain and the bleeding. Right. So I would just and go would, back. You know, I would.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I was also think because i listened to your show for a while, and um, <laughs> you. you were talking about lube, so I went on to your online store, got a bunch of lube, so we consistently use that, too, because I thought maybe it was... Partly yeah, that dry. Maybe. And so mm-hmm. I started using a bunch of lube, and then that hasn't worked, and I still bleed after that, or even after I have orgasm too. So I just oh okay. I think you're right. I think it's, yeah.
0: Go back to the doctor because they don't want to admit tense up, Yeah, yeah I, sure. Yeah, I'm Downs sure you do, there. but exactly. I just think for peace of mind. Because maybe if you go back yeah. and they can't adjust it, I don't see why, you know, sonogram can't tell you everything. All you know is what yeah. your experience, that's what you can tell them. So again, right. doctors are busy and I used to always think, oh, they know everything, but the truth is all they know is um, from what you tell them. So you have to go back in, say you're still bleeding, it's okay. not okay, maybe they could take it out, put it back in, like trim it, but I don't think yeah. that you should be having both of these both of these experiences, okay. especially if you didn't have them before. So go back okay. to the doctor, talk about it, and you could probably get it figured out. And All just remember to right, breathe, breathe always breathe. anyway. <laughs> and keep so using, Sorry. remember to breathe and keep using lube though, no matter what kind of sex yeah, you're having.
3: Breathe,
0: sure. <sighs> <sighs> I know, it's so hard to remember. Okay. <laughs> like if you don't breathe, you die, All but great. it's really cool. hard to remember. Okay, thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> thanks for calling. Thank you so much. Make that appointment. Bye. Have a good night. Thanks.
1: Bye. You Bye. Too.
0: Um, I like this call, you guys, because I think that we get, sometimes our doctors, you got to go back, you got to get a second opinion, you got to talk to them again, they're not always right. Yes, they have your best interest in mind, but... They're busy, they're seeing a lot of patients, and you know your experience. So I think we put a lot of weight on what they say, doctors, and we, as we should, but we are our own best advocates. So if you're having pain and um, something's happened to you, make that doctor's appointment. We all pay a lot of money in health insurance, and I know that it's a pain in the ass to go to the doctor. I've got like three appointments to make right now, and it's hard to do, but once you do it, you guys, it's such a relief because you've got to take care of yourself. You, it's so important you guys put yourself first, okay? Okay. This is Summer 38 from British Columbia. She's a high sex drive. Her husband doesn't and won't go to counseling. Hey, Summer.
1: Hi, how are you? I'm
0: good. Tell me what's going on.
1: Oh, girl, I don't even know. (laughs) I mean, we've been together for six years, married for one. There's always been a little bit of an issue in the bedroom. We've talked about it. He's told me that there's been issues in the past with his his girlfriend, but it just seems to progressively have gotten worse over the years. And I'm just kind of left feeling like I don't know what to do because I'm the only one talking about it. I'm the only one bringing it up. I'm the only one asking what's going on. So I just, I don't know. I kind of feel lost right now. Like, is it me? Is it us? Is it him? I don't know.
0: You guys have been together five years. So how was it in the beginning?
1: In the beginning,
0: I mean, in the beginning, when we were first dating, it was
1: fun. I mean, we were, you know, we 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 had more fun in the beginning for sure.
0: Like but, every couple, but okay. Yes. <laughs> Many couples, um, yeah.
1: But I mean, but even in the beginning of our dating relationship, I noticed a lull. And I noticed that, you know, we would spend, you know, a week together or something and nothing would happen. And it was just, I think that I'm used to someone. Um, maybe being more of the aggressor in the relationship, and maybe I've never taken that role on. So maybe that's where I've kind of lost it. But it's just, I, I, he doesn't, he, he's never really the one um, asking for it or wanting it. And like I said, if, you know, I definitely don't think he's cheating on me. So I don't right. know what's going on there. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, we're all so different. Like we're all, we're like yeah. so oriented towards like, oh, men are the ones who be the initiators and women, women are. But, you know, it's different in every relationship. So it's Mm -hmm. true that he might be waiting for you to to make the moves or to get him to kind of pull him in because maybe he just doesn't have as high of a sex drive or he's going you know it sounds like it's been like this since you met him because sometimes it can take a dip if we're going through we're worried about work or we're depressed or Mm -hmm. you know how old is he curious. (laughs) he's thirty four okay um he told
1: me that in his last relationship they didn't uh they weren't intimate for a year, and then they finally mm-hmm. broke up and so I don't know what happened in that relationship. It's never been that bad for us, but you know I don't know like and I know he he is a diabetic, so I don't know if that has something
0: to do with it as well but um, yeah, does he yeah, take it's, anything? It's, Is he on any medications? Yeah, he does. Okay. Yeah. I mean cuz that insulin. Yeah, yeah, that could have an impact too on his sex drive. That might yeah. be a reason. Okay. But I think you guys just have to talk about it in a way that's like not know. It sounds like it's I know. I'm sorry you knew I was going to say this, but it sounds like it's gotten to the place where you're just like really frustrated and you guys aren't able to
2: mm-hmm. kind of
0: communicate about it, but I feel like we need to know like what what he would need to be in the mood. Like, you can ask him, like, what would you need to want to have sex? Like, in a loving way outside the bedroom where you're not blaming him, you're not making him feel bad, Mm -hmm. but it's like a real... Because it matters. Like, Summer, you're correct to be, like, at this point where you're like, what's going to happen? How am I going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. Because it matters. It is your sex life. That's what keeps you guys from being just roommates. Mm -hmm. So it is something that you both have to pay attention to. And it sounds like he's not really giving you a lot of information here. He's not really talking about it or have you guys ever had a really a deeper conversation about it where you've got more information we, um yeah
1: we have we definitely have um and I do think it's 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 difficult for him to um talk about it because again like I'm always the one bringing it. I got to a point in our relationship where I was like maybe I'm being part of the problem because I'm always asking what's up. Is everything okay? Maybe I'm like driving him crazy because I'm always talking about it. So I kind of backed away and just Stopped asking what was up and it got
0: worse. Mm. Oh, right. Because he probably doesn't know, know, you know, and he probably feels bad because he wants to please you. Yeah. So so he might feel. He did
1: tell me that. He did tell me that was one of his issues that he doesn't think he does, but I don't know where he got that from. Well, because
0: you probably, you asking, like, what can I do or why aren't we having sex? So he feels rejection. So see, the good news is that you both love each other and you're married and you both want to please each other, but you're probably feeling rejected because he's not desiring you and he's feeling like he's letting you down. And so You both want it, but you don't know how to get out of your own way. And so because he might really not know like and I'm I want him to check with his doctor about his insulin medicine because that okay. could have an impact. Like people with diabetes don't have the highest sex drive like, that can have an yes. impact. So I think that is real, especially because it's been going on since you started dating. You said even okay. at the beginning you sensed the lull. So he might really want it, want to please you, but his body isn't reacting, which can be really okay. frustrating. And he probably doesn't even know because it's been like this his whole life. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But I think if you go at it like we both and like say what I said, like I feel rejected. And I know you don't, you're not trying to hurt me. You know, you love me. And I know that you feel like you're not pleasing me. And I don't even know, like, we got to figure out what works for us. So I feel like he might need you to initiate and then you might need to know what that looks like. Like maybe you, okay. you know, he might say like, well, if I come in, if you, we have this, you know, or you text me before I come home and say you want to have sex, then he, maybe he needs to know that that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he needs you okay. to kiss him when he walks in the door. Mm-hmm. Or you might need him to like, I don't know, put his hand on your shoulder or on your, you know, around your waist and you need more touch. So I feel like there's some, some like ways you guys had to figure out what intimacy looks like for both of you because you, every couple has their own rhythm and their own mm-hmm. formula that works. I and mean, you guys just haven't Definitely. figured it out yet.
1: Yes. We definitely need to communicate. I mean, like there has to be a conversation about it because we can't just keep going on trying to read each other or trying to figure yeah. it out because we're both thinking different things, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's the conversation, sweetie. That's, that's what you just said to me is like, you can even blame me. said, talk to sex with Emily. And she said, yeah. and I didn't know what to do because I love you so much. And our intimacy and our sex life is so important. And I feel like we've hit this crossroads. I want this, you, everything you just said and that I'm saying, and then, See what he says. And from a place of, you know, loving and make sure your tone is like, you know, more, more, you know, lighter and not like a serious thing, even though sex is yeah. serious, serious. But you know, so it just takes all the pressure off of it. And then once you start to have this dialogue with him, it's going to get, you know, it'll get easier, but you got to start getting some more information. So, and
1: so I, and I totally agree with you. And I'm going to ask you one, probably sure. you're going to say, well, oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> answer that. But when do you know, like when do you get to a place in your relationship where you're like, okay that we're just not on the same page, this isn't working. Like, I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where that will ever happen or if we'll get to a better stage, but is there, like, a time in your relationship where you're like, okay... I mean, like this, this isn't working. you're not,
0: I'm telling you, you haven't even scratched the iceberg yet because you haven't even talked okay. about this yet. So you're so far from that point. I know that okay. you feel like you're there because that yeah. happens because you're in your head about it. You've created yeah. every scenario in your head. Like maybe he's having an affair. Maybe he's gay, or maybe he doesn't love yeah. me anymore. And he totally. has six, he has oh six girlfriends God, yeah. in another country. Like I yeah. understand that we create all these things and none of those are true. They're just your mind. Yeah. So I would say that it's kind of great because it's sort of a clean slate right now because you haven't had that real conversation conversation yet because you don't, no one knows how. So you're not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. Like this is why I have a job because I help people figure out that like, no, we talk about everything else but sex in our relationships. So you're like most people on the planet. And and to answer your question, so you're not even there, you haven't even started, but when I can tell people are ready, it's when they've tried everything. They've gone to therapy for a year. They've They've tried, they've talked, they made changes, they started having sex outside the bedroom, they brought toys, they communicated, they cried, they laughed, like they did the work. And when, okay. you, when you know when you've done the work, you'll know. But I would say you're just starting out. So you're not there yet, okay. even though you feel so try to peel back all the things you've created in your head and just talk to them about the facts.
1: And do you think that we should go see somebody or do you oh, think yeah. we just start off? Yeah. I mean,
0: I get tired of myself saying this sometimes, but absolutely. I'm telling you that every couple needs therapy. They just do. You get to an impasse, especially mm-hmm. because like you guys have been together and it's been going on for a while. And I feel like every couple needs it. I don't care if you've been together six months or six years. Yeah. If you can afford it and you can make the time, which I think every couple like, you, go, you know, yeah. like you can figure it out. It is, it is the most yes. useful thing you could do because we're just, it's a third party that can come in and they're not biased to either one of you and they can, it's a mediator and they can help you. Okay. They'll, they'll teach you skills. A therapist, if you commit to going once a week for a few months, like even after the first few sessions, you're going to learn skills to communicate on a level that works for both of you that you've, you never would have figured out on your own. So yes, I think therapy is a great place to start.
1: And are you talking about a sex therapist or just
0: a therapist in general? Is I, there think, somebody that- I think a marriage and family therapist who yeah. kind of okay. it will be equipped to, but you can also call them. And here's my other top advice is that not every therapist works for everybody. So my advice yes. would be, Get two names from people you from friends of yours or from your insurance company, two to three, and I would say go together because he might like someone, you might like someone, not (laughs) like the other person. And then once you find your person, you're in, and it it's so healthy and so helpful for couples. So I absolutely recommend it.
1: Okay, amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. You're
0: so welcome. You got this. You're just starting out. It's beginning today. Yeah, thank you so much. You're so welcome, Summer. You deserve great sex. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Have a great night. I love your podcast, by the way. Thank you. I love that. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I so appreciate it. Have a great night. Bye, Bye, Summer. You too. Thanks. I love that you guys love the podcast and you listen. So thank you, Summer. And thanks, everyone, for these calls. And let me just say this, you guys I am a huge fan of therapy. You know that. I think that every couple can benefit from it. I think that couples, just the more you start talking about things, it's going to help you. And just know that you'll know when you've done everything. And um, if you haven't gone to therapy and you haven't had conversations with your partner yet in a way that isn't screaming and isn't yelling and isn't fighting, but real conversations, then um, I'd say uh, you haven't done the work yet. All right, guys, that was fun. I love talking to you. Oh, my God, it's my favorite thing. Please, please, please email me and check that box that you want to be called. So fun. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate it. And thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Sarah. Producer, Jamie and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. Something magical happened this year. The magic wand turned 50. Just think about how much the world has changed over the last 50 years. I'm talking disco to dubstep, payphones to cell phones. I mean, do you realize the magic wand came out a full year before we landed on the moon? That blows my mind. There's a reason the Magic Wand has stood the test of time. It's just that freaking good. Time Magazine named it one of the most iconic inventions. Cosmo calls it the little black dress of vibrators. In other words, it's the one vibrator you need to have. In case you haven't seen one at any point over the last 50 years, the Magic Wand is a full-size massager. And yes, it works great on the shoulders too. For most women, its power and size make it the ultimate clitoral vibe. I call it the sure thing. And because things get better over time, you now have two models to choose from. The original plug-in version for constant power or the variable speed rechargeable version for cordless convenience. I've been obsessed with my Magic Wand since before I started the show. I even had my nightstand modified so I could keep it plugged in from inside the drawer. That's how much I love a Magic Wand. If you haven't tried one, what are you waiting for? Just go to magicwandemily.com. That's magicwandemily.com to order yours today.